All right, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Remind me, I took a video of Uno running to his bowl uh, again. This dog is, all you have to say to him is, time to eat. Want your dinner? And he runs to his bowl now. It's a, he's a completely different dog. He would never eat. We'd have to honestly hand feed him. I remember that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And if you moved while he was eating, it was over. It was over. He'd stop, and then he'd look at you, and then he'd walk away. And you'd be like, oh, crap. So you had to stand like you were a statue. Not the case anymore with Rough Greens, which is not a dog food. It's a supplement you put on the dog's food. It's jam-packed with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, omega oils, and probiotics. So it's everything that's good for them. And I don't know why, because it's green and it looks nasty. Uh, they love it. The dogs just love it, and they wolf it down. Get the uh, Rough Greens Jump Start Bag today, and then start your journey. In six months, you won't recognize your dog. Really. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. That's RoughGreens.com slash Beck. Go there now. America, we're going to clarify a few things. The world will begin to make sense to you, and you will understand why these these little things that just don't seem to fit with socialism. For instance, why are these companies working towards socialism when they're the ones that are going to be hurt by a socialist society? You'll have real clarity on this as we begin our conversation on the new system of government, something that was called System X, and one I believe we're already in. We'll take you to Davos and the World Economic Forum and what they said yesterday in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So Valentine's Day is right around the corner, just a couple weeks now. Chamonix has a question for all the ladies out there. What better gift would uh, could you uh, treat yourself to than the most luxurious skincare in the world? And guys, you obviously have absolutely no idea what to get anyone for Valentine's Day. So get Chamonix because they're going to like it. Here's your chance to give your special lady the spa quality pampering she deserves in the comfort of her own home. During Chamonix's Valentine's Day event, your order of GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness will include the new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum for free, totally free. Zotique combines the purest vitamin C with the brightening benefits of lactic acid for a younger, healthier, and happier-looking appearance. You can say goodbye to adult acne, redness, and stress breakouts, and you can say hello to increased firmness, smoothness, and visibly a younger-looking you. With its immediate effects, you are going to see results in 12 hours or less. Guaranteed. No risk here. It's all guaranteed. 800-577-8709 or go to GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. From now until Valentine's Day, you can get the classic GenuCell jawline treatment and the luxurious 
GenuCell anti-wrinkle moisturizer free with your order. Order now, 800-577-8709 or go to GenuCell.com. GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. In the news today, executives from Jeff Bezos to uh, Bill Ford, who's running the Ford Motor Company right now, uh, and uh, also Mark Benioff. He is from, he's the CEO of Salesforce.com. Yesterday, they all sent a message to Joe Biden, and that is, you've got to fight climate change and you've got to fight it right now mark beninoff said uh, as we recover from covid19 and rebuild the global economy we must also act on climate change in fact these are not separate missions they're one in the same now as somebody who would run a global company i would wonder why some of these corporations that are, let's say, making shoes or clothing over in China would want a heavier tax on, let's just say, oil because they put all of their products onto a giant ship and ship it over from China. So it seems to me as though that would hurt their bottom line. Okay, so the explanation is, Oh, well, they're just, they care. Uh-huh. Really? And the left buys that these global corporations, these gigantic corporations that they've always hated, always told us we're, we were living in a corporate world, all of a sudden, those same corporations, they suddenly care why would these corporations push to have the government tell them who they can have on the board? I don't know anybody that wants that, that, that opens up their door and says, oh, my gosh, I want the government to regulate me more. Can the government tell me how to uh, uh, run my company? Because I know the government is so good at running the government that they've got to be good running something they have no idea about. Right. They're geniuses. Let's bring them in. Can you guys tell me exactly what the balance should be? Uh, men, women, minorities. How many white men should work here? Should we fire some of them? Why would a corporation do that? Well, let me just... The guy who wrote, as we recover from COVID-19, rebuild the global economy, rebuild the global economy, we must also act on climate change. They're not separate missions. In fact, they're one and the same. That guy who wrote that yesterday, who wrote that from Davos, specifically wrote that while he was participating in the World Economic Forum's Great Reset, he wrote that at the same time, this guy who is worth $8.8 billion, personally, his net worth is $8.8 billion, built 
on capitalism. He said this yesterday. Listen. With climate change... No, no, no. no, no, no. Sorry. Please play the uh, Davos uh, cut. 12 seconds. With climate change set to dwarf the damage no, caused by the pandemic, the message from 2020 Sorry, should be sheet, abundantly please. clear. No, stop, please. It's on my cut sheet. Do you have it, uh, Steve? Stephen? ...that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. Play it again, please. With climate change set to dwarf Stop. the damage. <laughs> you know, gosh, we could just <laughs> holy cow maybe we is the government already involved in our show i think that's I what's think happening that lady here. with the english accent is the one running let me this just place. let me just say what uh, in the 12 second clip not the clip that i asked you for the long version um in the 12 second clip is that the clip with the woman Play it, please. 12 seconds. With climate change set to dwarf the damage caused by the pandemic, the message from 2020 should be abundantly clear. Capitalism, as we know it, is dead. This obsession that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. Okay. First of all, I apologize to the staff. It's my fault. I thought it was just him saying that part in this uh, clip. Did you hear what he said? Capitalism is dead. Mm. Capitalism is dead. So now how can a capitalist worth $8.8 billion, who's running a global corporation, who's joining with very successful capitalists, how can he possibly say capitalism is dead? Well, because there's a new goal, and I want you to hear carefully. This is what was played yesterday at Davos, at the World Economic Forum's conference on the Great Reset. And I want you to listen to how they have changed the message. A year ago, before we started talking about it and and others like us started talking about it, the Great Reset was very, very clear Capitalism is dead, a new kind of capitalism, the Chinese version of capitalism, which is an oligarchy. That's all it is. Giant people at the very top of the ladder with billions of dollars actually have a partnership with the government. And you know this is happening now. You can see it with Google and Facebook and all the others. They are partnering with the government to take care of some responsibilities. We have a responsibility to make sure these voices aren't heard. The same goal as some in the government. In fact, the controlling wing now of the government. And these these policies can happen because it's not the government doing it. It's these private companies that just happen to be partnered with the government. Now, they were very clear. By 2030, you won't own anything. There will be no private property by 2030. That is one of the goals of the Great Reset. But listen carefully to how they are packaging this now today. 
The pandemic has radically changed the world as we know it. And the actions we take today as we work to recover will define our generation. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. 2020 has been challenging on a lot of levels, as economic, environmental and societal frailties have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. Mm, stop. Recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. Stop. So far, everything I agree with, but then there is that one little line that we can all work together and restructure our lives. I want you to use listen to the word we differently. I want you to listen to the words the people differently. I want you to understand that the people are not in these meetings. Okay. Global billionaires, global uh uh, corporations, global banks, and global leaders are in this, but but not you, not the average person. So it's the elites. When they say we can restructure our lives, it means we can get the people to restructure their lives. Keep listening. On a lot of levels, as economic, environmental, and societal frailties have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. Recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. We can see rays of hope in the form of a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for the planet. Nature needs a bailout. You don't want to go back to the status quo that you had before simply because it was the status quo that got us here. With everything falling apart, we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before. Ways that better address so many of the challenges we face. And that's why so many are calling for a great reset. A great reset? That well, sounds more like buzzword bingo masking some nefarious plan for world domination. Hands up, this kind of slogan hasn't gone down well. But all we really want to say is that we all have an opportunity to build a better world. Sounds great. And it's not surprising that people who've been disenfranchised by a broken system and pushed even further by the pandemic will suspect global leaders of conspiracy. Mm. But the world's not that simple. Every one of us has differing priorities, values, and ideas. Mm -hmm. That's part of why solutions are so hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And why we all need to be involved in the decision-making. Right. Because whether it's politicians, CEOs, academics, activists, or you, we're all about getting people together, even those you may not like, to sit down at the table and develop solutions that work for all of us. But... Any enormous trust between the private sector and the public sector for this to actually work. That trust is hard to come by. Stop. When they're talking about the private sector and the public sector, they are not talking again about you. They are talking about the corporations we need trust between the corporations and the government to come together. And that's very difficult to come by. It's time for people to work together, listen to each other and build this trust uh -huh. so we can move towards a better world. And we really need one. Because while the pandemic affects us all, it's clear it affects some more than others. The first people who are hit are the people at the front, those who are vulnerable. It is those on the front line who take it first. And that is simply unacceptable. See, at the start of 2020, 1% of the world's population owned 44% of the wealth. 
And since the start of the pandemic, billionaires have increased theirs by more than 25%, whilst 150 million people fell back into extreme poverty. And with climate change set to dwarf the damage caused by the pandemic, the message from 2020 should be abundantly clear. Capitalism, as we know it, is dead. This obsession that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. $8.8 billion is net worth. But no one can do this alone. And top-down approaches won't get us anywhere. Because everything we've learned in our work has shown us that diverse voices lead to better results. And it's for these reasons that the forum talks about something called stakeholder capitalism, which would shift businesses away from just profit. Because if we want to change where the focus of our recovery will go, then we need a new dashboard for the new economy. And that needs to encompass people, planet, prosperity and institutions. Giving people a real stake in the economy (laughs) and putting well-being before growth. And that's all about getting the right people in the right place at the right time. We must rebuild our relationship with nature for the survival of the peoples and our planet. We have a window of time which is closing and we need everybody who cares to get together and find solutions now. It's the people who have great ideas and who share them with others. They're the ones who are shaping the future. So if you want to be a part of the change, then tune in, turn on and get involved. Follow the Davos Agenda right here, online, on YouTube. Tune in, turn on, uh, drop out used to be the hippie phrase. Um, It's interesting to me, they talk about the people here. The people have the good ideas. The people are changing the world. So is, and they also say a top down solution uh, doesn't work. So have they involved you? Have they asked you your opinion? Have you been asked to be a part of Davos? I mean, I know the average person is always over in Davos. I mean, this year. Because of COVID, did you make it to Davos? <laughs> They're not talking about people. This is a propaganda campaign to make people feel better. But what are they talking about? They're talking about more global regulation. Will that empower you? Does more regulation empower you to start your own business? To do the things you want to do? Or does it stop that from happening? Remember, Bill Gates, who's all for this, said he couldn't even start in his own garage, Microsoft, today just because of the federal regulation. So does that help Bill Gates? Sure it does. It stops new people from coming up with new ideas in their garage and doing something to oust Bill Gates. We're developed, we have developed, we are an oligarchy today. And I am beginning to believe that Marxism, uh, well, I'll explain. Stick around. Hang on. Give me one minute. Bill Barr, day 26, weight loss regime, dear diary. Well, it took me nearly the entire weekend and most of yesterday, but I finally finished, uh, 
sewing iron uh, weights, you know, into the lining of every piece of clothing that I own. So now when I want to lose some weight before stepping on the scales, all I have to do is just, uh, you know, take off my shirt or something like that. Or, you know, rip out some of the little weights that I have in there. I won't lie. I mean, I, I'm counting this as exercise. It's a little harder to, you know, walk around now. Haven't figured out how to explain the 40 or 50 needle pricks in my fingers to my wife. I'm, I'm beginning to think that maybe just snacking on Built Bars is really the way to go. It'd be a lot easier. Love, Glenn. Uh, Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and it's great. They really do taste like a candy bar, and it's healthy for you. If you're looking for something to snack on and you're trying to lose weight, use a Built Bar. Man, they are so good. I would not endorse them if they tasted like, remember those old Atkins bars? Or any protein bar. I hate them. This is great. And it's a built bar. And right now you can get 20% off your next order. Just go to builtbar.com. Make sure you use the promo code Beck and you'll save 20%. Builtbar.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. So see if this sounds familiar at all. Uh, this was written in 1945, right towards the end of the war, uh, by uh, Stuart Chase. And I think Stuart Chase was the guy who coined the term the uh, New Deal. Okay, kind of like who coined the term the Great Reset. But listen to what he says. And Stu, tell me if this sounds familiar. It's clear the war is ending, Okay. It's clear that the fulfillment of the goals set forth in the last section of this book is incompatible with the program of business as usual. If business as usual be defined as a condition where prices are set in the open market, where the hope of profit is the mainspring of new investment, where the government acts only as an umpire for the system of free enter- enterprise, well, then you have to go back to 1913 to find even a- approximation of that structure. If the world could not retreat to free enterprise after the last war when the victors strongly desired, is there any hope that retreat will be possible after this war? After this 25-year record, there appears to be none. We must have a new system. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like you just were reading the script for that last video, basically. Exactly right. Now, what did they say we were going to be what were they building for the future wait until you hear and then compare it to davos next this is the glenbeck program so if you're thinking about buying or selling a home or both you could let that cousin of yours uh handle the uh, real estate side of things you know the one who's like the crapper was full you know that guy uh, I mean, he's been trying to, you know, pass the realtor test for years now, and uh, he owns a, a clip-on tie and everything. He's going to be great. Or you could go with a realtor from Real Estate Agents I Trust instead. We work only with the best people who know and can execute the best practices to land you in the best situation possible. So whether you're buying or selling a house or both. These agents are going to come in and assemble the team that you need to guide the process from start to finish. Get rid of all the drama and all the stress that comes with the real estate process. 
Check out Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you're selling a home in one state and and buying one either across the street or in another state across the country, we can help. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com. Just uh, let us know where you are. We'll let you know the real estate agent, and then you interview him yourself. I think you'll see the difference. Did you know that we have Instagram accounts? If you would like to follow us, go to at Glenn Beck or at Stu Does America on Instagram. Do it today. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're talking about the Great Reset. And we have to have a reset in our language. Uh, and I... I believe this applies to me uh, maybe as much, if not more uh, than um, than others. And that reset that comes in my language has to be to move from the words uh, socialism. Um, You know, my father said to me when I was young and I said, Dad, can I talk to you about God? He said, sure, under uh, one condition. And I said, yeah. And he said, we stopped. Uh, calling him God for this conversation. And I said, what? He said, the word God, when you say it, everyone, no matter if they're related and grew up in the same house and in the same church, everyone has a slightly different view of God. And so you can never pin it down that you're actually talking about the same thing. Because it carries too much baggage with it. It carries too much folklore. It carries too much everything. So you can't talk about the mechanics of God because doctrine will play a role and just different ways that people see God. Some people believe he's here and there and everywhere, but not in trees. Some people believe, of course, he's in trees, and you're never going to get to that part of it when you're talking about the basics of God. So I said, uh, all right, what do we call him? He said, first cause. Will we agree that God is first cause? The first cause is something we don't really understand. What if it was the Big Bang? What caused the Big Bang? What was the first cause? What lit the match? So conversations, quick conversations with my dad were really frustrating, but that's beside the point. But he was right. We have to stop calling what's happening to us socialism, communism, fascism. Because if I if I can quote this book, um, The Road We Are Traveling, 1914, 1942, uh, this was written in uh, uh, with an FDR contemporary. He said, we have to stop. We have to stop calling th- uh, this new system. Now, this is 1945. This new system that America and the world is on fascism, communism, capitalism, because it's none of those. And those words become meaningless. We have to call it. System X. So that's what they're calling System X. I think what we can call the system that is being built now is an oligarchy where you have the extreme rich and the extreme powerful 
making all the decisions and they benefit from it. And the crumbs come, you know, off the table into your lap and they do everything they can just to keep you happy. For instance, I can tell you right now that Antifa does not like Joe Biden. They pushed for Donald Trump to get out. They they were really being used, I believe, by the Democratic Party last summer. But that doesn't mean that they're for it. And if you, you remember what happened on, was it Monday or Sunday over the weekend, where Antifa was rioting in Portland, they were rioting against Joe Biden because they said he is just part of this corporate uh, oligarchy. They're not, they're being used right now. Our differences are being used. They, we are chasing our tails while they are building a safe house. We are tearing each other apart over race. And they want us to do that. They want us to be at each other's throats because it allows them to provide the solution. And it allows them to build all of the framework of this new peaceful world. And it is it is very much like the world predicted in 1945 by those who worked in the New Deal and the FDR administration. The we're changing, according to this free enterprise into X, a strong centralized government. Are we getting that? Yes. Davos wants an even more powerful government, but a global government. It doesn't mean that it's one government run by the U.N., but it is all of our governments coming together under their umbrella. So a strong centralized government and an executive arm growing at the expense of the legislative and judicial arms. Hmm. I think we have that. And what's really interesting about this is, you know, we used to we, we didn't have continuing resolutions. You had to go in as a congressman and you had to fight for all of the spending every single year. You used to have to put together a budget. But what are the people in the House of Representatives saying on both sides of the aisle? There's no reason for me to even be here. I mean, why am I even here? All the decisions are being made by a select few behind closed doors. They deliver the budget. They put it all together. We get about five hours to read through thousands of papers, uh, pages of a continuing resolution. So who's really running it? You could make the case taxation without representation because your representatives in Congress don't get to read or debate the budget the way your money is being spent then it talks about how we're going to have to pay people we're going to have to come up with some guaranteed money some guaranteed welfare some guaranteed jobs does any of that sound familiar then they have to control the energy sources and the natural resources they need control of transportation, control of the labor organizations, a heavy taxation for the rich, 
And I love this one. Not so much a taking over of property or industries in the old socialistic sense. Tomorrow's formula appears to be to control without ownership. So like a public-private partnership. Where the government says, look, you can do this and you can own your own company. And we're going to come down on you like a bag of bricks if you don't have, oh, interest or or help as a stakeholder in your community. So, in other words, you're going to pay more taxes, but because you're a stakeholder, we as the government, we are a stakeholder, not a shareholder, a stakeholder. And so you have a responsibility to do these things. And if you do these things, we're going to get along fine. And you're going to be the best shoemaker or the, the, the best Nike company ever. He then goes on to say, names are thrown around socialism, state capitalism, fascism, but they mean nothing and only lead to confusion then he goes and says you have to hear some of what these these giant corporations are saying now what is being proposed here in this book in 1945 is public private uh partnerships where the businesses are in bed with these giant corporations and i want you to hear and see if these sound familiar philip d reed the chairman of the board for general electric Our political, social, and economic scheme of things after this crisis will resemble neither the decade before or the decade before that. This crisis will advance by several decades the trend away from laissez-faire towards economic planning under government supervision. The crisis he was talking about was World War II. U.S. Steel Corporation, the head of U.S. Steel. Think of this in 1945. U.S. Steel was was it. The head of U.S. Steel. The goal of production now cannot be profit alone. This is the spirit of our age. In fact, I would suggest to you that these corporations are now saying that profit isn't even on their agenda. Stu, share what you got from uh, the banking community. Oh, yeah, this was very important. I hope everyone takes this very as, as to their heart as I did. Uh, Bank of America tweeted today, uh, in a post-pandemic world, what should a corporation's primary focus be? And they give you three choices on the poll. Mental health. <laughs> sustainability or social justice Hmm. now i responded hashtag banking because it's a it's a bank i mean it's a bank maybe a maybe maybe banking should be your freaking focus right but uh no it's their choices were mental health sustainability or social justice so now how does a bank how does a bank possibly want a corporation that they will be loaning money to want their focus to be on mental health or uh, global climate change 
None of these things pay back loans. Or social justice. <laughs> I, I mean, I know that we have gone for loans as, as a business before early on. And they've said, well, if you guys narrow your scope, but you guys are kind of all over the place. So narrow your scope. Hmm. Now banks are telling corporations that they should focus not on their business, on one of these three things? That is the public-private partnership. The stakeholder. Remember, the stakeholder is the collective you. The stakeholder is the community. And so you as a business have a responsibility. And if you don't play that game, you don't get a seat at the table. We are living in an oligarchy. And you know it to be true because the elites are the ones passing the budgets, not your representative. The elites tell you what is right and wrong. The elites tell you when you can go to church. The elites tell you what uh, is hate speech. The elites tell you what you can buy, where you can bank, soon, if you can bank. That's not a free republic. And we've been fooled to think that we live in a free republic for a while. But we're not. And the, the corporations are about to finalize the deal, and it will be called the Great Reset. We need to find ways to talk about this with our friends. We need to find ways where it doesn't sound conspiratorial because it all makes sense. It makes more sense than any other explanation. These corporations suddenly care the banks suddenly want you to care? The banks should be worried about getting their money back. But the banks know they're safe because they're part of the new system. And they'll get all of their money that they need from the Fed or the Treasury. All right, our sponsor this half hour is Patriot Mobile. All right, the, one of the most important things we can do is to act locally. Acting globally is not going to get us anywhere. We have to act locally. Um, and we have to start uh, frequenting those businesses that are not part of this. One of those businesses that is easy to choose. I mean, sometimes you just don't have a good choice. And you don't want to switch because I don't want to lose all the benefits. I don't want to lose because it's a better system. Patriot Mobile right now has the, the same great service that you can get elsewhere. They're on the same cell towers. And it's, in fact, I think better human one-to-one customer service. Uh, and they make it easy to switch. You will save a boatload of money. And they are not part of this trend. In fact, they are putting their money where their mouth is. They are actually trying to help reset us back to America, back to, geez, dare I say it, even the Magna Carta. We're so far past the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Maybe we could just get back to the Magna Carta. 
This month, you'll get free activation, premier activation, where they set everything up for you and a special gift with the offer code back. Same service, lower price, and the values you believe in. Go with the people who are on your side and save money. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck, 972-PATRIOT, or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We'll have more on this uh, in the uh, coming days. I'm trying to be I'm trying to figure out a way to explain it to myself. And so uh, we're going to kind of go through this together several times until I can really this is as this is as complex as progressivism was this system that has been designed. If you don't know anything about it. Uh, it's like progressivism. And I remember at the time, everybody going, why are you talking about Woodrow Wilson all the time? Because that was the key. What this this what's happening right now, the Great Reset is the key to understanding everything that is currently coming our way. Um, and uh, we'll continue to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, we have Rand Paul coming up next. He's going to talk a little bit about the impeachment. Uh, a little about the, some of the arguments that he has had over the weekend with the press. Thank God somebody is still taking them on. And what our future holds. Rand Paul, next. I didn't get the built puff. Right? I, my called? understanding is they are out as of talking, today. Talking about built bars. Yeah, built bars. There's a built puffs. I'm just going through uh, my box. My wife was telling me about them last night on, her, on a well, little Instagram page. What are page. they again? Um, there, she said so they taste like, a, like Charleston chew, which I love Charleston chew. That's a freaking great candy bar. Uh, and I will say, you know, you, you think, well, this is healthy. How could it taste good? Oh That's my gosh. the built bar thing, right? I don't know how they do it. <laughs> they, they are because they don't taste chemically. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't taste like a bunch of chemicals. I don't think there is a bunch of chemicals in them. Um, they are, when I talk to the, uh, head guys, uh, they say, they said to me, they start with flavor first and they get the that. flavor right. And then they say, okay, how can, how can we make this low-cal and healthy? And once the flavor goes off, that goes back into the shelf. They, they're like, I would put that away. We don't have it right. Yeah. I, I, what I like about them is they're always innovating with like all these new flavors and new um, ideas, which because you can get bored of the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. But and I mean, the, the, I've the, not seen no sign of that with you and Bill Barr. This, well, this is salted caramel oh. with real chocolate. Uh, this is coconut almond. It tastes like a Mounds bar. Mm. It's really, really good. They're Built Bars. You can find them now. BuiltBar.com. Promo code Beck. Save 20%. BuiltBar.com. Save 20% now. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Rand Paul is going to join us in just a second. We want to talk to him about the trial of Donald Trump, which he says 
is un- an unconstitutional sham. I wanted to I wanted him on because he knows the Constitution in and out, and I've got lots of questions. I think it's a sham too, but I'd like him to base that in the Constitution and tell us exactly why the president can't be impeached at this point. Rand Paul joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Car Shield. You know, I have to tell you, Car Shield has saved me a buttload of money. They've saved me probably six, seven grand uh, over the last few years because I haven't had to worry about my truck when it goes in for repairs. My truck needed a new chip, and you know what that's like. I mean, if your car is out of warranty and it needs a chip, that just that just makes you break out in sweat. You're like, what, what, what chip? Can it live without the chip? Because the chips is, I mean, that's where they get, that's honestly, that's how they get you. The chips can be anywhere from, you know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, $5,000. I mean, it's nuts. There's no way you're going to keep your car uh, if it's five thousand dollar repair, especially if your car is worth about five or six thousand dollars, that's the way I am with my trucks. They're not worth the repair, uh, but I have Car Shield, which uh, keeps my truck going because I don't have to worry about the cost of those chips. Drive with confidence, like I do, knowing that if anything happens and you're out of warranty, you're protected. Get coverage today. See why CarShield cars do go further. 800-665-2157. 800-665-2157. It's carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. carshield.com. Promo code BECK. Deductible may apply. So we're still waiting on uh, Senator Rand Paul to uh, join us here um, on uh, impeachment, and he has just joined us now. Doctor, how are you, sir? Very good, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, the what you say is an unconstitutional sham of an impeachment trial. I I don't understand uh, how you can have the the vote in the Senate to uh, convict and remove when he's already removed. Well, this is the whole point, and I'm going to go to the floor in about an hour, and I'm going to force a vote on this today. Republican leadership has made a deal and wants to make a deal with Schumer to allow a Democrat to preside over this hearing. But my point is, if you're impeaching the president, the chief justice needs to be there. Right. But if the person is no longer president, then he's a private citizen. It is an impeachment. If he's if, if someone's committed a crime and they're no longer the president, the Department of Justice has to accuse them of a crime and you go to a court. But this is only for impeaching somebody. And the Constitution says when you impeach and later on you can disqualify, but it's and. It isn't or. Right. See, if you can't impeach them any longer, we are doing something that has never been done to a president before. It's going to divide the country further. It's a huge mistake, and it belies everything Biden supposedly says about unity. No, this is the most divisive thing I could imagine the Democrats doing at so this point. So tell me, tell me why John Roberts isn't coming and isn't invited. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Well, here's the question. You know, if reporters were worth their salt, what do you think they ought to ask Schumer today? Did you talk to John Roberts? 
I guarantee they had a private conversation. I guarantee Schumer called him up, begging him to come over, and he said, well, the Constitution says I preside over an impeachment of the president, and he's not the president. Because the Democrats realize this is going to lessen the legitimacy or call into question the legitimacy of the proceeding. But I guarantee that if they had a conversation, people should be, if reporters were worth anything, they would be pounding Schumer every day saying, did you talk to John Roberts? What did he say? Because John Roberts' opinion here is very important. It goes to the very nature and legitimacy of this thing. And with John, with John Roberts not showing up, the chief justice not being here, I really think that this is an illegitimate process from top to bottom. So does the Constitution say the chief justice has to be seated in that role? For an impeachment of the president. So you could argue that John Roberts is actually right. He shouldn't be here. But by not being here, he's calling into question the proceeding at all. Because there is no call for the impeachment of an ex-president, of a private citizen. So he's either the president or he's not. So he's not the president. So the chief justice shouldn't come. But then it also calls into question the whole idea of doing it. Now, they say, oh, well, we've done this before. Well, the country's been very divided in the past, and no one's ever been convicted. No one's ever tried to try an ex-president because of how it would divide the country, but also because there's no provision for impeaching an ex-president. So the other argument that I will make today is that if they're talking about inciting violence, there's a few Democrat words that we might want to evaluate. Number one, I was there when the Bernie Sanders supporter almost killed Steve Scalise at the ball mm-hmm. field. He almost killed one of our coaches. And you know what the Democrats were saying at the time? They were saying the Republican plan for health care is you get sick and you die. That to me sounds like an incitement. If you're telling me that the Republicans are going to let me die, you can see how you know there's all these kind of glorified movies of people committing violence when their children are going to die for not having insurance. That is an incitement to violence. But not one Republican ever called for Bernie Sanders to be impeached because we thought that was ludicrous. And it wasn't necessarily his fault that this man reacted violently. But they're going to have a different standard for the president who said march peacefully to the Capitol. They're going to say, oh, no, that was incitement to violence and he's responsible. But not Bernie Sanders, not Maxine Waters, not Cory Booker, who said get up in their face. So it's 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 a double standard and people are going to see it for that. But does it matter anymore? I mean, it seems as though the fix is in between um, big corporations and uh, and government. It just seems like the fix is in. And who cares about double standards anymore? Because nobody nobody ever does anything about it. Nothing changes. Well, the thing is, is I'm not one who wants to give up. You know, I know people are very frustrated. People are like, well, you know, if all this fraud happened and nobody's going to do anything, why should I even vote? I'm of the opposite opinion. We control 30. We control 35 state legislatures. The Republican Party does. We need to beat those Republicans over the head until they fix the electoral system. I'm already calling people in the Georgia legislature and saying, y'all need to fix it because 2022, the Senate race will be back up again. And you need to fix your system where people can't vote twice, where you purge the rolls and you need to fix it where you cannot solicit people, you cannot use taxpayer money to send out applications to vote. The individual should have to apply for a ballot. MoveOn.org shouldn't be able to apply. Neither should the NRA. It should be the individual applying for a ballot. If you change the rules to do that and you get back to show your ID in person, 
I think there's a possibility we could get back to fair elections, and I am going to keep fighting instead of – but it can't be done in Washington. It never could have been done in Washington. Mm-hmm. It won't be done in Washington. We don't control anything in Washington now. Plus, those of us who believe in states' rights think that elections should be uh, in the charge of the uh, states. And so – but I, I wouldn't give up on it. We can fight, and we should, because if they get to where we do all mail-in ballots, we'll become like Oregon and now like Colorado. They do all mail-in ballots there. Who knows who the hell votes in those elections? But guess what? Only Democrats win. I, I will tell you that uh, this is the way I feel. I'm just frustrated in talking about the double standard and pointing out what the news is saying and what they're calling name calling because it's like it's not, nothing's going to stop that. I am with you 100 percent that we have got to get into our local communities and our states. And people will say, well, we can't fix the other states. But don't worry about the other states. Fix yours. And shore it up and do everything you can to make sure that it is buttoned up and is, as metaphorically speaking, bulletproof as possible. But the one reason I would say we have to call it the double standard is today, if I don't say anything, Republicans and Democrats will agree by unanimous consent to install a Democrat to preside over this proceeding. Right an illegitimate proceeding with an illegitimate Democrat overseeing it. So I'm going to object to that and call out the double standard. And I, I don't think we'll win. The Democrats will win, but I'm going to force them to vote on it. And my hope is that I get 40 Republicans to vote with me. And if I do, Jeez. that shows they don't have the votes to, to impeach at that point. And so basically the trial is over. They can go through the manipulations. But if 40 of us vote that this is an unconstitutional use of the impeachment power, then they're done. They can do whatever the hell they want, but we will show them that we're going to stand strong. But if I don't do this, our leadership will acquiesce with Schumer. There'll be no vote, and they will go through the whole trial as if this sham is actually a real impeachment. So I'd say we do have to fight them, and I don't know. I'm just not willing to give up on it. I keep fighting them every day, whether they're in my party or in the other party. I keep fighting on in a figurative way, Glenn. Make sure we say that that fighting is figurative. But... uh, so I don't know, but I, we're going to win some battles and really uh, come 2022, you're going to find that people are going to be quite unhappy with the unemployment that Biden's going to bring them as well. It's stunning what he is doing and the effects that it will have on the economy. Just stunning that these things are um, these things are happening. Um, Rand, you have an opponent in the uh, Republican Party. Uh, Mitt Romney, who is really pushing hard uh, for it, seemingly pushing hard for this impeachment trial. Um, and it really is only about making sure that Donald Trump can't ever run for office again. Um, do you think you can hold 40 senators together? Yeah, I think we do probably have 40. There's a, you know, we have 48 total. And I'd say there's five or six that have been leaning the other way. But to tell you the truth, some of that five or six have been more critical of the, you know, the uh, policy of trying to overturn the Electoral College and of the president's remarks, you know, trying to get the vice president to intercede, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And maybe when push comes to shove, and they also think about self-preservation, which, you know, there are most politicians ultimately do, they may decide that, well, you know what, I don't think this is really constitutional in the best. It gives them an out. They can still criticize the speech. They can criticize the policy. But then they can say, well, do we really want to get into the point of 
you know, uh, impeaching former presidents. My friend Thomas Massey, the congressman from Northern Kentucky, tweeted out today. He said, yeah, when we start doing it, line up. I want to do FDR. Let me have FDR. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just a crazy notion. But, no, I think we can. I think we get 40. And if I'm lucky, maybe we get 43, maybe 45 out of the 48. So we won't get Romney. He's already said he thinks it's constitutional. It ought to be done. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple others that may just choose to criticize the president on the policy, but may say it's kind of crazy to impeach an ex-president. One last topic I want to talk to you about, and that is, you know, we're hearing from everybody. Uh, we have to deprogram these Trump people. Uh, and and they're also using language that they're domestic terrorists, etc., and it uh, it appears as though I watched the hearing for the uh, head of the Department of Homeland Security. He said domestic terrorism is number one on his agenda. Now, I, I remember the Obama years. I don't think they're talking about the same kind of domestic terrorism that uh, I would talk about. This is one of the problems with the Patriot Act. It can be so easily turned around and used on anybody. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But here's the good news, Glenn. The good news is the camps that we will be sent to will be run by Katie Couric, and she has that beautiful smile. (laughs) You will just take your Soma, Glenn. It won't hurt so much. Right, right. You take your Soma, you'll drift off into uh, some sort of opiate sleep. And uh, they will deprogram, reprogram you. you okay, know? so and, it, uh, it 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 is funny, and that's the way everybody deals with it. Is it at all a reality that this is a direction that they're seriously going in? And I'm not talking about camps, but I'm talking about labeling people like you yeah. or me as domestic yeah. terrorists. Yeah, I, no, absolutely. And I, I don't want to treat it just as a joke because the Patriot Act was no joke, and they used it not against terrorists; they used it against average ordinary Americans. In fact, not just some average ordinary Americans, everybody had a cell phone. They, they collected all of our phone calls, and then James Clapper lied about it. And so, yes, it is very dangerous to see what happens. And it's always important to read the details of these because they say, well, if we're going after terrorists, I'm like, well, yeah, I don't like the, you know, the people who blew up the, the courthouse in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm fine with them getting the death penalty. I'm fine with them being in jail forever. Those are bad, murderous people. You know, that is domestic terrorism. But if domestic terrorism is, you know, according to George Stephanopoulos, I'm sure he thinks I'm a terrorist because mm-hmm. I refuse to accept that there was no fraud in the election. Mm-hmm. So if it becomes an ideological test, I read something scary yesterday that there are people who want to bring back the ideas of sedition, the Alien and Sedition Acts that John Adams put forward, which basically was putting Americans, including one congressman, in jail for their speech. Because people say you don't have a right to misinform people, but then who becomes the judge of what is misinformation, what is true information? This is a scary world they're talking about, so I don't want to downplay it at all. We will have to, but the hard part, as you know, is they're going to point towards some really bad people who committed violence and say, oh, you want to let that happen. And we'll have to be able to um, be good enough in our response to say, no, we're talking about speech and who's going to be the arbiter of true speech. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the argument between the uh, many of the founders during the Sedition Act, they they argued that you could as press, they could even lie and make things up. They had a right and the government had no place uh, in that argument uh, at all to try to shut them down. I mean, they. They went as far in the correction of that um, as I mean, almost to the point of me being kind of uncomfortable. 
uh, when you first hear the ideas until you actually really read them. Freedom of speech means that freedom of speech. And it's a, it's a platitude, but I think it's true that people say the answer for bad speech or disinformation is more speech, not less. But there, there's something profound in that statement in the sense that um, it's an elitist idea to believe that, you know, if, 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 if you allow Nazis to speak and say hateful thing about people of other races or you allow racists to speak, that somehow there aren't enough of us to combat that, that mm-hmm. somehow we're weak and feeble-minded enough that those ideas will overcome us. Um, I don't think that's true. In fact, I think America is is more accepting uh, um, and more integrated in in thought and race than we've ever been, whether it's churches or marriage. Um, You know, half the people I know, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know lots of people everywhere around me who are married to people of other races. That's a commonplace thing and a good thing. And uh, we we are a country that is not a racist country. We are not a country that hates each other. I just get so tired of these people saying what terrible place America is, when in reality, we are better than we have ever been in my lifetime. And gosh, think of the last 200 years, how much better it is to be alive now if you're a person of color or a person of a different faith, or if you're a person that is somehow a minority. Maybe you're even a person who wants to teach your kids at home. That's actually even more acceptable for the most part. Just a person. Rand Paul, thank you very much. Senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul, would be looking forward to your uh, speech today and see how the Republicans line up. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So economists now are starting to predict that this year rates in the housing industry are going to start to increase. Uh, Is this an alarming thing? Well, uh, one of the reasons why people believe it's going to start to increase is because the banks have said they're going to increase the interest rates to pay for the higher taxes that the Biden administration wants to charge them. And it could be uh, good if the uh, rates began to rise again for the economy. But that said, low mortgage rates have always been bad for the economy Uh, And have always been good for you, at least low interest rates going this low for this long. It's a limited time, possibly. Please call the mortgage consultants over at American Financing. Family owned and operated business been helping decent people just like you shore up their financial houses for over two decades now. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds station ID. Stu and I have a uh, solution uh, coming up for all those people who say two masks are better than one to wear two masks now. Um, And uh, we're going to share that with you. I mean, this is science. This is science on this show. To get this under control, you know, so yeah. people can go back to their normal lives. Yeah. And, you know, one mask is not enough. I think we all know that now. That's Don't been, we? I mean, that's we been do. shown. Yeah. So now. I mean, you have to wear a mask because, well, you just have to wear a mask. And, and if, you, if you wear a second mask, it's just going to be that much better. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, and we should also keep our teachers safe and keep our schools closed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I, 
it's not really a lot of evidence that shows that it's spreading through schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly. In fact, the evidence is just the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, gosh darn it. Those, you know, those uh, Chicago teachers, <laughs> they are not going to take it from the district officials. Uh, I mean, that union is saying we are here to protect the children and the teachers. Has there so. ever been a clearer vision of how much teachers unions care about students? than this this crisis you've seen over and over again that teachers unions have uh decided to basically not do their jobs uh as as much as possible california and and illinois are probably the worst uh in that now we've seen lots of teachers who do want to do their jobs and really care about their kids but the unions are another story and they've been able to prove that to everyone very clearly over and over and over again they They have to make uh, i mean they have to me too but i was already on that road i I wonder if people were like you know i love the teachers unions they're great even though i'm not a member well if you remember at the beginning of this there was a lot on the left saying like we shouldn't send kids back to school eventually the science was so clear that even people on the left are now saying okay yeah send them back to school even people like bill de blasio are saying it yeah well good thing we have the teachers union to protect those students this is the glenn Beck program don't worry about the epidemic of suicides you got to keep those kids at home all right, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's AMAC. Knowing who you can count on has never been a more valuable commodity. Maybe never so much as it is right now. Times are chaotic, sometimes really kind of scary. And let me tell you about one group in Washington who is fighting it and you can stand with. It's AMAC. Now, AMAC is the Association of Mature American Citizens, the senior group that is now. God, I don't like that. I'm a member of AMAC. I don't like to be called. I'm in a seniors group. You know, and we play canasta at 2 o'clock right after dinner. Uh, Anyway, AMAC believes in the values that constitutional conservatives care about. They represent courage, faith, and reason in trying times. They stand for solvency in a time of runaway debt, national security, and sovereignty over unchecked borders. It's AMAC. They fight the good fight. And you get all of the benefits that you need from a seniors organization. Cause is great. Join right now. AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. That's AMAC dot U-S slash Beck. And there's a special deal right now for 30 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription. If you go to blazetv.com slash Glenn, the promo code is Glenn to get that 30 bucks off for a limited time. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Our, uh, our solutions for COVID coming up in just a second. We have Mark Meckler on with us. Mark is the founder and president of the Convention of States Project, which is something that really hasn't been talked about in the last four years. I think a lot of people thought, oh, well, Donald Trump is in office, and so it's going to be fixed. Uh, no, this is not going to be fixed by anybody. Uh, this has got to be fixed by us uh, as individuals as close to home as possible, certainly not in uh, in Washington. Mark, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be with you, Glenn. So, we, you know, the problems are getting bigger and bigger since we last talked. Have, have the numbers of the states, we need 34 states to call a convention, 38 to ratify any amendments that would be proposed. Uh, what do our numbers look like for those states that, that actually want to... Uh, 
make some changes. Yeah, it's changed a lot since we last spoke, since I I was there with you. I think we're at six states at that point. Now 15 states out of the 34 are on board. This year we have 21 states considering. I think we're going to look at adding between six and 10 states this year, so we'll be well past the halfway mark. Uh, So you you said you had 16, so you'd be at 26, and you need 34. Um, Is that feasible here in the next year? Do you think 34 could be feasible? I would say in the next two years, you have to get enough of the legislatures that are considering it. And so, and I'm, you know, like my real goal right now to get to 34 is by 2024. And I say that because we have 31 legislatures that currently have both houses controlled by Republicans. The Republican legislature is, of course, much more likely to want to take power away from Washington, D.C. We have Minnesota that's a split house, so we just have to flip one house. I think we can do that. I think Virginia is going to flip this year. And our activists are engaged in flipping these state houses all over the country. So what about the states that are controlled right now by Republicans? What, what's holding them back? Well, unfortunately, the number one thing holding them back is, is what I would describe, sadly, as the fringe right. And what you have is you have folks from an organization, might recognize the name from way back when, called the John Birch Society. And they come into these legislatures and they try to scare the legislators in fear cells. And what they say is going to have a runaway convention and we're going to lose our constitution. And my response to that is, are you watching what's going on in Washington, D.C.? Do you think you're living <laughs> under the original constitution? Right. I fear what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now and the Marxists who've actually taken control far more than I fear anything that the citizens could do. You know, and I, I fear that it's not the Marxists that are uh, taking control. I think the Marxists are the... Uh, are the hand that we are supposed to watch and are the enforcing hand. Uh, I think we have the government uh, colluding with uh, giant corporations now, uh, and we're living in an oligarchy, but maybe that's just I'm in absolute agreement, Glenn. I think we're seeing something unusual, which is we have absolute cooperation based on philosophical alignment between an oligarchy and people who believe in Marxism in government. So it's a unusual situation to see that voluntary cooperation yeah and it doesn't make sense if if you understand how business works it just doesn't make sense um unless you understand it's an an oligarchy that is up up at the top um so whether the states that are close that our listeners could get involved with to try to pressure the states I would say the states that are immediately in the docks are West Virginia is hot, North Carolina is hot, South Carolina is hot right now, Idaho. In just in the last few weeks, I've been in Idaho, Montana, and Wisconsin. All of those states looking very strong. And the reality is wherever they are, even in the states that have passed, for example, in my home state of Texas, the grassroots are still very active. They're active in helping other states. They're active in maintaining the resolutions in their own states. And they're active in other issues. Like right now, our grassroots across the country, all five million of them are active in in ballot integrity and election reform. So, Mark, answer the question seriously, because it is something that I heard a lot and concerned me a great deal until I talked to you answer the question about a runaway convention where we lose our rights and we lose our our bill of rights sure there's a couple answers i'm going to start with the end answer and the simplest one which is a convention is only a suggesting meeting in other words people are going to come out of there with suggestions 
and they're going to send those suggestions out to the states for ratification. It takes 38 states to ratify. That's the highest bar in the entire system of American governance. Very difficult to reach, and that means only 13 states can stop anything. So I'm going to posit the one that I hear most often, Glenn, which is we're going to lose our Second Amendment. It takes only 13 states to not ratify. Not ratifying means they simply don't take it up. I can tell you in 24 states in the United States of America, you can carry a handgun into the capitals. I do all the time. I'm armed everywhere I can be. In 15 states, you can actually sling an AR across your back and sit in the gallery. Not something that I do. But the idea that those states are somehow going to ratify the repeal of the Second Amendment, it's absurd and ridiculous. And I'll make the same offer to your listeners I always make. My personal email, mmeckler at cosaction.com. If you believe in the runaway convention myth, send me the amendment you believe would be ratified by 38 states in the list of 38 states. I've made that offer to millions of people. I've never received an email. Um, you, you talk about a fork in a road that we're, that we're at, and I, I think you're absolutely right. You say the first, <clears throat> the first, the first turn is the country comes apart, secession, civil war, violence, um, uh, because we 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 can't physically divide. As much as I wish we could just say, "Hey, California, live the way you want to live," um, but that's really the second one, um, which is we go back to the way we were, where states have great powers to do whatever they want. <clears throat> and they can live whatever they want, but I'm not, I, I don't have to pay for California's mistakes and I don't have to live that way in Texas. We can just divide by, you know, almost natural selection, if you will. People just congregate with like minded people. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen either. You say, hey, look, I think we're at a fork in the road, as you describe. I call it the great decoupling. It's taking place in America, and I think it's inevitable, it's unstoppable. You know, culturally, we're dividing. Politically, we're dividing. Uh, we're dividing commercially. We're starting to do business with different firms and, and different ways of doing business. I think that's going to continue, and I don't think it's bad. One way, you said, that we decouple is secession. I don't see how that happens without violence and destruction Correct. and the loss of our place in the world. In 1787, the founders were facing a dangerous world. Not just Great Britain, but France and Spain, potential worldwide enemies that would have loved to have taken over the colonies. They understood that they needed to unite. They actually didn't like each other. This is something that we mistake when we look back at the colonies. We think they were so united. They united against a greater common foe, but they didn't trust each other. There was sectarian Christianity was one of the main things that divided them. Trade, diverse loyalties. We've never actually really been unified in the way people think as a country. The South is different than the North. The East is different than the West. There's actually a lot of disdain out there between the parts of the country. It's okay. In fact, our founding form of government came out of that. Federalism is a government designed for people who don't like each other that much, don't really get along, but know that they have to be united around a certain set of things. Otherwise, they're going to be too weak in the world. That's the beginning, and we need to go back to the beginning, and the tool that takes us back there is the Convention of States. We take the power away from the federal government, we give it back to the people in the states, we let California be California and Texas be Texas. So what are the one thing that they, the states that are joining, what is it they're looking to change? Is there a common thread that all of them are saying, yeah, we're going to, we really think we should propose this? There are three common threads, and this is what the convention is designed to address. One is anything that would 
put the government's fiscal house in order that would limit the fiscal power of Washington, D.C. So that would include things that people would be most familiar with, like a balanced budget amendment being imposed. Most of the states have them. They're not all healthy because of them, but they do better because of them. Uh, it would be also things like spending and taxation limitations could be imposed under that. The second is term limits. And then both of these are 85% issues. 85% of the American public, regardless of party, are in favor of term limits. And I would argue not just for Congress, Glenn, but also for the judiciary, also for staffers and bureaucrats. This is how we clean out the deep state. And then the last thing is anything that would limit the scope and the power or the jurisdiction of the federal government. A lot of our problems came out of the reinterpretation of the Commerce Clause. There's no authority in the Constitution for the Department of Education, Energy, the EPA, the USDA, the FDA. All these agencies come from Supreme Court, quote-unquote, interpretations that gave this power to the federal government. And the founders told us themselves, if the Supreme Court's out of control, hold a convention, propose amendments, and restrain the Supreme Court and overturn those things. So those are the things that we're finding that the states have wide agreement about. You know, I, I've been uh, pushing for almost a um, uh, sanctuary state kind of attitude until we get to a uh, convention of states to where the, the states that are in conservative hands uh, and want to conserve the Bill of Rights Anytime the federal government is doing something that it doesn't have the right to do, we're a sanctuary state for the Bill of Rights. We're not going to do that. We're just not. But that's going to cost these states an awful lot of money. If they decide to not participate, you're going to see banking, uh, big business, uh, and the federal government attack these states and try to just put them out of business and make it economically really painful for them. Do the states even have a chance to to stand uh, against what we have going on now? I think they do. And by the way, I'm in, I'm in favor of that. I've talked to our mutual friend, Daniel Horowitz, a lot about this. Our grassroots are in favor of that. It's not an easy road. We've never had an easy road to hoe, those of us who love and fight for freedom. It, it is doable. I think there's, there's a commercial aspect to it. You've discussed the oligarchy and the government and their alignment. Part of this is an, is an oligarchical problem. And what I mean by that is we are beholden now, you and I and all conservatives, to commercial interests that don't like us, that want to shut us down. We've seen this, obviously, with Parler and others being scraped mm -hmm. from the web. And so I'm in the process of building something called the stack. We need, as conservatives, everything that we need to operate in a digital world from the cloud to the ground, everything in, in between that would include conservative banks, uh, conservative web hosting, conservative email services. If we don't have that, ultimately all of us will be controlled and erased from the digital world. This is fantastic. Tell me you have some big backers on this. I do. There, there are uh, billionaires across the country that are very interested this, in this, and we are in early stage planning because this has really been motivated. I've been saying this for years, but it's really been motivated by what happened to Parler. Uh, and so I'm talking to wow. the folks behind Parler and a lot of other people, big money folks and technologists on the right who want to make this happen, who believe it has, has to happen. We're currently working on the email services provider, the uh, customer resource management, what's called, right. commonly called CRM. We're working on banking right now. I have a bank arranged. We're working on merchant account providers so people can take Excellent. credit cards. All of it is in the works currently. Glenn. Good. We, we must have that. I'm very concerned about the banks, uh, and I think that's going to start happening soon. 
Mark, keep us up to speed on both of these things, will you? Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, Mark Meckler. He is uh, with the Convention of States, and you can follow him and uh, contact him, conventionofstates.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Meckler. Hey, what do you use for headphones when you have them? I mean, usually my kids have mine. And uh, and quite honestly, they look ridiculous uh, with the with the white sticks, you know, yeah. hanging out. Uh, I hate that. If you're if you've got iPods, I hate that. It just looks ridiculous. The good thing is they don't fall on the floor and then you step on them. Uh, uh, no, that, that happens all the time. Happen. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. Wow. They don't fit. They're they, uncomfortable. They should come up with headphones that kind of fit flat to the ear, so they're not like dangling below and look you stupid. You mean kind of like Raycons? Oh, Raycons. Mm. Uh, Raycon. I I bought uh, two pair. That way, my kids can uh, fight over that pair, and I have a pair, unbeknownst to Smart. them. Raycon now offering 15% off all of their products, and uh, they fit in your ear. They don't fall out. They're comfortable. They sound great, and half the price of anything you're buying uh, that's all white and uh, is represented by a fruit buyraycon.com slash Beck. That's buyraycon.com slash Beck. Get 15% off now. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. This is great. Oh, no, this is great. Um, what if moms got paid for all the work they did? You know what I'm saying? It's called the Marshall Plan for Moms. And uh, Biden is considering this. It's, uh, it's $2,400 a month for moms because, you know, they work weekends. They work overnights. They work 24-7. D- dads don't, no. don't work weekends no, don't. or overnights? Nope, 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 nope. Okay. They're men. They're men. They come home. They have that poor woman mm-hmm. pour them a beer. You know, if they don't have a remote control, that's what she's having to do. Not only birthing babies, but, you know, taking Mm -hmm. care of the babies and then also having to switch the TV because that bastard, because he's white, doesn't have a remote control. Or maybe he does and he just doesn't want to show her. Moving your thumb that much is really, it's 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 more work than people realize. It's It's not remote control. You're still moving your thumb. Right. Exactly. Remote control would be, would automatically do it when I think about it. Right. Now, there's something else now going uh, through uh, Congress. Uh, Yesterday, um, Andy Biggs, a Republican, Mm. probably a racist from Arizona, introduced a bill that would bar the federal government from collecting information to identify who's received a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, Because he says you shouldn't have to show papers, you know, if you're going someplace. (laughs) Yeah, I will say being on the other side of this, it's a it's a tough one because both of us have had it, right? Why am I wearing a mask right now? I can't give it to anybody. I can't get it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for show, mm-hmm. right? Why am I, why are concerts and and tightly crowded bars where people are sneezing on me not open to me? Mm-hmm. I already had to deal with this nonsense. Yeah, so did I, but uh 
I don't want to have to show papers that I could get in no, or right. travel or anything else. I'm 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 actually with the bigs, Bill. Let's not turn into the papers, please. Yeah, so that all the people who have absolutely no reason to deep participate in these restrictions can continue to do it. It sounds great. I love it. I know I'm living it right now, and I freaking love it. Wow. Ugh. Wow. No more power <laughs> to the government. Well, no, this of course not. The Glenn Beck program. They're controlling you already. <laughs> Mask slippage. That's a big problem today. Mask slippage. Amen. And, uh, Amen. Right? You've mm-hmm. seen that. Mm-hmm. It is uh, now being. It's now being questioned. Uh, you know, by some of the greatest minds around. The New York Times science writer James Gorman uh, said, "Maybe male noses are just too big. They can't accommodate these masks because." It's only men that are having that mask slippage where it just comes underneath your nose. And uh, boy, is he not is he not correct on that one? Uh, and and also this comparison. Mask slippage. Akin to mansplaining. Mm-hmm. Mansplaining or manspreading? Uh, mansplaining and manspreading. Oh my gosh, both. Yeah, That's both the, of those. Both the two most evil things in the universe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a... It's not a left or right thing. It's a uh, white male thing. Mm. So, amen. We've got the solution for uh, mask uh, uh, slippage <laughs> uh, coming up in uh, in just a second. Don't miss it. We begin final hour, sixty seconds. Also want to uh, program. also want to go over what happened at Davos yesterday. I mean, normally. All of us, all us little people, you know, people that live in the street, we all get a chance to have our voice heard at Davos. But with COVID, uh, you know, I was talking to a guy who lives in a uh, shopping cart uh, down underneath the bridge, and he said, I just couldn't get my jet uh, fired up because uh, of the pilots. Uh, you know, one of them has COVID, the other one doesn't, who flies, who doesn't. It's just such a hassle now. <laughs> So we'll bring you up to speed on what happened at uh, COVID. Let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Omaha Steaks. The perfect amount of time to age steaks is 21 days. I, I Okay. I don't know why, uh, but I asked. Uh, I said, I, I raised my own cattle and we, we cut our own steaks. And I said, I cannot get anything as tender as yours i said it's like it's 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 better than like kobe beef which you know they massage all the times how many do you have like electric massagers just taped to all of the cows that you get omaha steaks from they said no it's actually 21 days of aging he said sometimes you know people will do 17 days or anything less than 21 he said it just doesn't get it tender enough i didn't know that well they've been in the business since i don't know 1911 uh, and they are really good steaks. If you've never had an Omaha steak, you really never had a steak. Mouthwatering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers Grill Pack can be yours now. Four of their iconic uh, and really spoon tender, cut it with a spoon, Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, four ultra juicy burgers, four pork chops, desserts, and so much more. If you go to their website and enter the keyword Beck into the search bar, into the search bar, you're also going to get a special price for this package. 
plus you'll get four more chicken breasts and four more of the burgers. I mean, sham wow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Omaha Steaks. Oh, and there's more. They've created a special game day package for you to enjoy. Oh, I hate this. The big game is right around the corner. Oh, really? It's a super game. Oh, that's it's fun. a big bowl. Ooh, I, that sounds yeah. great too. Check out the amazing assortments at omahasteaks.com. Type in the keyword Beck. Omahasteaks.com keyword Beck. All right. Fauci has come out on double masking, and I think this is as a public service. We need you to hear this. Listen. A lot of folks uh, are hearing now about double masking, Mm -hmm. wearing two masks or trying to get one of those N95 medical grade masks. Mm. Do you believe that that's a... You know, it it, it likely does because, I mean, this is a physical covering to prevent uh, uh, droplets and virus to get in. Mm -hmm. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of an N95. Right. I mean, he's somewhat just stating the obvious, right? I mean, but I I do think it's important that we take these steps. I see you're wearing a mask. Well, I'm wearing a mask, but I I wanted to wear two masks. Oh, yeah. We should probably uh, wear two as we broadcast. Now, what I really like about uh, the mask that I got, I... I have the Hayplex Global Ear Loop Disposable Face Mask that you're going to get in most places. Pretty nice. Um, but uh, what's nice is it comes with this uh, certificate of safety. It's been inspected by the Communist Party of China. Oh, good. So that means it's safe. It's got that red star on it. Yeah. So, it's, uh, so Glenn, I'm not a scientist. I know yeah, you're a doctor. I'm a doctor. Can I ask yeah. you a question as a doctor? Sure, you're a patient or a, just a concerned citizen. Yeah. You're not a doctor, a doc- so Dr. it's Fau- not a doctor-to-doctor conversation. It is so not, I'll dumb no. it down. Yes. Yeah, I'll dumb my answer. So Dr. Fauci said two masks would improve things. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I just got to ask, wouldn't three improve it more? Well, um, I mean, the science is pretty clear. Four, four would even be better. And let me just put on, now I got four masks on, and uh, it's really, it's... Three. Four the, is the really four better. is the right number. Oh, no, 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 not the right number. You just asked if it was better. Oh, right, right. So, so is there four a better, is good. Like it would be. Fi- would yeah, five? I would say I would say ten. Ten. And we have four, five, six, three, seven, three, eight, four. nine, ten. I think ten. Ten at a time. Ten masks are even better. Now I am wearing ten masks and my ears are collapsed. There we go. Okay, so now. You can see it's not comfortable on the ears, but I am perfectly safe from any kind of spittle, spittle, or anything like that. Now, I like it. you have 10 on? Okay. Oh, yeah, it's very hard to get My on ears. your ears. You have to have big Dumbo ears. They don't support. I have structural failings going yeah, on with my yeah, with ears, ears. 10 masks. Uh, may I suggest, if you have a neighbor or a friend with a nail gun, mm-hmm. you just uh, put a couple of nails right behind your ears. Not all the way in. That would be madness. But you can't get them. I can't get t- You ten. shouldn't leave your house. If you can't get tan on your face, you shouldn't leave your well, house. Well, can I go with just my hands on the side of my head like Well, this? it's not quite as good, I just... but I guess you could. Okay. Uh, now, I'm putting on an extra. I'm putting on 11. <laughs> uh... Uh, 11, 11 masks. 
which I think is even better, of course, much better than two. Is it better than, is 11 masks that much better than 10 masks? Uh, well, no, 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 no. I mean, it is, yeah, I mean, obviously it is better if you can put that on. Um, uh, but 10 is really the place where your, your ears start to collapse because you're, now you're not a doctor, I am, um, but... Uh, What's the There's no actual bone in your ear. Dr. Beck, uh, what is the sweet spot for the number of masks? Well, if I could, I would like to recommend... I have 25 masks here. 25 masks? I have 25 masks. And uh, if you just put 25 masks all over oh. your face... But, like, my like, nose is breaking. Uh, well, my, nose is, uh, my nose is broken a long time ago. Okay. So, uh, you know, it doesn't, mine's kind of mushy as it is. You know? I can't, I'm having problems breathing through the 25. Yes, well, that is a problem. You could suffocate from the 25 mask. Okay. But I would tell you that if you do suffocate from the 25 mask, I just gotta take a second to breathe here. You're, you seem to be fading. You will, as a doctor, write down that you did die of COVID. <laughs> because you suffocate. Well, I guess you wouldn't be you wouldn't be wearing the 25 masks if it All wasn't right. for COVID. No, see, so technically, it is a COVID death. Here's the difference. Uh, Steve has his mask uh, on his hands that he has tried to just uh, hold on to his face. I uh, have them on my ears, and that's why I am perfectly safe from any droplets that might come my way from Stu, even though Stu has had COVID, and I have had COVID. I, have to, I hate to bring this up, but your eyes are not protected at all right now. I can see your eyes. Well, I think it might be smart to take half the masks and take half the masks and put those over your eyes like so. Well, see, this is why you're not a doctor, okay? I uh, think I'm still getting the protection of 12 or 13 masks on my mouth. Well, that's not and 25. And then another 11 that's on my eyes. It's not 25, is it? What? It's not 25, is it? I, I, can't, I can't see you. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving sign language. I'm talking to you very clearly. Uh, but I can't understand 13. you because of all the masks. Well, uh, for those of you who are doctors, let me just say that uh, I am a doctor of humanities, which, uh, you know, allows me to create, uh, treat any human condition. Yeah, I don't think that's and, true. And uh, let me just say that I believe the uh, recommended number of masks on your face is 25. Uh, that would be the safest that I think you can... I think I might pass out. You now. do look like you're about to pass out. <sighs> the things we do for you. Every day. Every day it's we come science. in and we put our own bodies at risk for you. Uh, for science, man. Are we going to get an award for that? No. Science Magazine going to write that up? No. Might. <laughs> might not be so flattering, but they might. <laughs> Would not say it's impossible. 
I don't know. I just I just feel like we need to know what the the correct number of masks are. Because I mean, obviously, two is better than one to protect you. Three would be better than two. Four would be better than three. What is the? Is there any point that we stop this process? Uh, only what your ears can can hold. And, <laughs> ears can, and my ears I've, can only hold t- about eight or nine masks. Mine held eleven. Eleven seemed to be the breaking point. Then I had to actually hold them onto my ears. Because I feel um, like if you the best thing what you need to do is basically come up with a band that goes behind the head. Because they have some of those like the N95 masks that I have have the strap that goes behind the head, and it has two straps. Can we, so what are we doing? Why Wait, I, can we? I mean, look, this is such a. I apologize. Look, Why? I'm in the Radio Hall of Fame, but my staff isn't. No, okay, I, they they no, didn't. They, they they brought these stupid masks. Tomorrow, can we do this right, please? I would like the masks that go all the way around your head, and I would like to see if we can get a hundred on. Because that would be safe. That would be better than ninety nine. It would or be one hundred times better. Each one is a wow. Really, I didn't know yeah. that's how it worked. It's yeah. just a linear process. Just, just, uh, <laughs> that's exactly wow. how it works. A hundred <laughs> times better. Wow, you are a doctor. Well, I'm a scientist more than a doctor. Okay, you know which requires. All kinds of math. So again, so you think <laughs> the, you want the masks that go behind the head and are N95 masks, or you want you, you you're, are you okay with surgicals? Well, that? I think surgicals would be okay. N95. Uh-huh. If you could get a hundred ninety fives, you'd be a hundred percent better. <laughs> you're. Mm-hmm. No, that's the way it works. How it works. No, it, but here, uh, good, good God, man, it will bankrupt the company. One hundred ninety-five. It's like talking. It is like, <laughs> seriously. It's yeah. like talking to an ant when I'm talking to you about science. And I feel like if we try to put a hundred of these things on our head. We're gonna have like cone heads afterward. It's gonna squ- well. It's gonna squeeze. You're the not willing skull. to. You're not willing to sacrifice. For you this. left your eyes totally unprotected during that experiment. What? Who knows what is what entered your eyes or your ear holes? Your, your ear holes must be protected, too, you know. All right. Now that the amateur has stopped talking, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about life, a life lock. Can we keep these? I suggest that you put them back on. Um, what if we got 40 different flavors of crazy on uh, our plates every day? You know what I mean? What if what if there were just like 40 things on our plates that were nuts? I know. I know. It's kind of like Joe Biden saying, I'm going to do 100 million uh, vaccinations, uh, you know, in 100 days. Much better than Donald Trump. Well, that's what he was doing. In fact, uh, the day you were inaugurated, we were up to 1.6. Well, so what has he done? He's revised that. He's revised that. And it's 100% better. And Hmm. you know what he's doing now? He's got 1.5 million vaccinations a day that's his goal wow well we did 1.6 though on, on his, inauguration day yeah but it's better than you know one which he was just saying last week he's already got it up to 1.5 pretty impressive anyway <laughs> i mean you know let's just say things were mad and crazy and nothing made sense well you know uh i could make it worse how about a cyber criminal comes in and takes all of your crap, uh, takes takes all of your 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 digits, all of your bank, all of your records, steal anything. 
and all because you were trapped at home without a big firewall and you're online because your kids are online with school. You're online with work and it's just delightful. And now a cyber criminal hits you. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you want to keep what's yours, yours? Get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection and do it now. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head over to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off now. 10 seconds, station ID. Yeah. Okay, so Davos. Can we talk Davos without a mask, Stu? Can we do that? Uh, Davos is where the regular people go, uh, of course. Yeah. Every year. Yep. I have a I have a condo there. Do you? Yep. Uh, well, it's a villa. Hmm. Uh, a nice villa hmm. there on the hill. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Overlooking. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right there in Davos. In Davos. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Beautiful. Davos. In downtown. Up, well it's uptown it's it's there it's, it's, it's in, in town. i know where yeah. you're talking yeah. about i've been there sure mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. uh so uh the world economic forum uh in davos uh it's a corporate coalition for workplace racial justice uh that's what the that's what that's what's happening there uh according to the uh, world economic forum corporate coalition for workplace racial justice. Now, I don't know about you, but I want Coca-Cola serving me racial justice, you know? Oh, and, I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's, I mean, they first every, they taught the world to sing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You tell me to sing. Well, you know, one of the things, if we remember, it was, I believe, Pepsi, mm-hmm. who were able to get Kendall Jenner mm-hmm. to bridge the gap between police officers. Uh, oh, I remember, remember that, that moment. Commer- that was oh, a special gosh. tense Sure, sure, because everyone was like, wait a minute, the cops are going to kill all the yeah. innocent black yeah. people again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Kendall Jenner came in and said, hey, drink this beverage. And then all the racial strife went away for a time. Yeah. It just, we didn't drink yeah. enough Pepsi. Or well, Coke or whatever um, it was. let me just say the, uh, uh, the uh, Great Reset yesterday on day one of the Economic Forum, World Economic Forum's uh, Corporate Coalition for Workplace racial justice great reset lecture uh 48 multinational corporations have signed on to the initiative including coca-cola general motors and mastercard so and this is really good because what i really like about this i mean i think the guy uh you know from coca-cola said it best when he's talking about the new social contract uh, mm-hmm. contract business leaders need to shape an economy that works e- equally for everybody that means fostering greater rec- racial equity and justice including representation among executives <laughs> the u.s especially has got a long way to go on that score amen yeah, US coca-cola sucks. i'm glad coke is yeah. reminding us of that yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh and he said the coca-cola company um it can influence the entire ecosystem around them because you don't have to do business with every company that comes along so maybe your company is getting coke but you know maybe maybe you shouldn't be getting coke because you're not really into the equity of the uh, new system and it's great to have that kind of thinking sitting right next to MasterCard. Mm. Uh, Ann Carnes, a vice chairman of MasterCard, said, we have to require 
responsible stewardship of our shared resources and the climate agenda should be part of all corporate governance. So why go through the government when the government can partner with these private companies and they're not held to any standard? They can just do it, you know, you know, mm-hmm. 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 yeah, mm-hmm. I love this. I, this is a good way to go. Well, they um, they were listening to uh, President uh uh, Xi Jinping. Oh, yesterday. Good. Who, uh, good. You know, from China. Was there any criticism of China? I know usually when Chinese no. get criticized, the, no. we wind up, uh, the entire media unites yeah. to defend China. Yeah. Uh, it's odd. Yeah. He says we need a great reset of relations between all the global powers. A great what? A uh, great reset. Oh, I've yeah. heard that term yeah. before. Are they, uh, they saying anything about building back in a different way? Or uh, build, a, build back better is what he was really? saying. Yeah. They're yeah, improving yeah, the way that yeah. they're building back, yeah. which is a yeah. way people talk. People, I, I can't tell you how many times before, let's say 2020, that I heard the phrase build back better. People, just, it just rolls off the tongue. It makes sense to everyone yeah. who hears it in, immediately. Yeah. It's just an easy phrase, and it's just something that people say all the time. Well, it's why it's why the president of France used it for his reelection, and uh, and uh, and uh, the uh, prime minister of England using it now. Build back better. I mean, it just it, it works. China yes. using build back better. Um, it just it swept mm. the globe because it's just so. It just makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like the snowman in Frozen said. You know cold and hot put them together it just makes sense mm-hmm. it doesn't. this is the glenn Beck program and he'll be a happy snowman in summer so janet yellen now is at the wheel of your financial future but don't worry she's got some great reset partners uh she's got some people from blackrock um and blackrock was there in a big way uh yesterday in davos and it's wonderful so now that you have yeah, you know, you have her. Uh, she said she's going to go big on money printing for the stimulus, which I think is fantastic. Uh, or not. If it was opposite day, it would be great. Um, but on opposite day, things worked out for Germany when they did it and Zimbabwe. Goldline right now is running an extremely limited inventory special on their legal tender bars that uh, you can get right now. It's a gold bar that acts like a coin. It's uh, in tenths of a uh, of a uh, bar of gold or a tenth of an ounce and you can have them keep it on you keep it in your wallet and if something breaks down you've got it goldline has these minted new limited batch of the cards probably be sold out right now just find out about all their specials by calling them at 866 goldline 866 goldline they're standing by now and go to blazetv.com slash Glenn, the promo code Glenn. Uh, you, can, you can save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV, and that will buy you over 100 math. If you missed any of the show, missed any at all of the show today, uh, go back and listen to it on the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast, or join us at blazetv.com. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night on Blaze TV, another great, great Wednesday night special you're not going to want to miss. Um, in fact, the next uh, three of them, I think, are really, really good and heavy hitting and delving into what's really going on. Today, in hour number one, we, we started a conversation, um, and it's really based on something that I read on American Greatness. Uh, Clarity in Trump's wake. 
The United States of America is now a classic oligarchy. Uh, clarity that brought to our situation by recognizing this fact is its only virtue. And I want to get the author on and talk about it some more. And we're going to we're going to delve into this this idea. But that is what truly makes sense is that we're in an, an oligarch society now. And an oligarch is what Russia has. It's really what China has. As long as you play ball with the state and you're in with the right people, you're fine. And you're going to make all kinds of money. And the people at the top get richer and richer and richer and richer. And they keep the door closed from anybody who is possibly going to take that power away. Um, That's one reason why Donald Trump uh, was on the way out, because Donald Trump could not he wasn't going to play that game. And if the people know that game is being played globally, they'll want nothing to do with it because they will figure out quickly they're not going to get the benefit. It's the it's the ruling class that will get it. And it's called a public private partnership here in America. And that that public is the government and private are these giant corporations. And that's what the Great Reset is all about. Yesterday in Davos was day one of the World Economic Forum's uh, uh, coalition to bring along the Great Reset. And yesterday was the corporate coalition for workplace racial justice. 48 multinational corporations, including Coca-Cola, General Motors and MasterCard, signed this pledge. And what this pledge is, is that they are going to now listen to this align all hiring, staffing, all promotional executive teams and marketing initiatives to racial equality and justice programs. Hmm. These companies also pledge to lead a jobs reset summit annually to ensure ongoing racial justice in the workplace. So if you work at some of these companies, congratulations, you get to sit through more lectures on about uh, how you're a racist. Mm. Um, Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. Stu, you're sitting on the you're sitting as a shareholder of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a universally loved product right Mm -hmm. it's everywhere in the world and what does it really stand for delicious beverages and if anything you know in america america it's it's like american you know tradition correct so it's traditional america Mm -hmm. and i don't mean that in any sort of racist way just the the heritage if you will of america born here in america uh and it's just a good drink that everybody doesn't think about they know exactly what it is mm-hmm. and uh, you can make people want it more i guess by you know having those commercials with the fizz in it and it just looks really good on a hot day mm-hmm. um but why as a stockholder if you owned shares of coca-cola would you have a problem that the company has just pledged all marketing initiatives to be pointed for racial equality and justice. <laughs> I mean, does that sound like a good move for Coca-Cola? They should focus on Coca-Cola new flavors. 
Yeah. Right. New. Come up with a new. I want a new Coke. I want Coke Zero mixed with something new. That's what they should be thinking about. Not thinking about. It's not Coca Cola's job to solve racial injustice. Well, if I look at how popular this has been with other brands, you know, when they really start to lecture the you know people like you know the NBA or or Major League Baseball. It's been very popular. It's worked out even for the NFL, which is probably the least of the least offensive, offensive probably yeah. of, the, of the group. But I mean, you'd still say that, you know, half of the audience, it drives them nuts. You know, you're putting a giant barrier. You're making it difficult for them to like your product. Correct. Now, many people will still watch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, many people will still drink Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you are intentionally putting something in front of of their enjoyment of the product. And you would say, well, racism is more important than your enjoyment of soda, which, of course, is absolutely true. But what they are promoting is not Martin Luther King's version of racism. Hmm. And that is what's this is, I think, one of our biggest goals over the next four to ten years is to make sure everybody in these companies know and every every conservative knows. I mean, conservatives, because they don't know this yet. That there is a massive separation in between racism and what is called anti-racism. Big. What's the difference, Stu? Well, for example, uh, Mm anti-racism, and we'll focus on Ibram Kendi, who wrote Mm -hmm. the book How to Be an Anti-Racist, and Mm -hmm. also the book Anti-Racist Baby, which is available, by the way, at Target, if you'd like to go get it right now. Oh, another giant global corporation. Yeah, and, uh, and foundationally, uh, Ibram Kendi argues in, in, in the book for discrimination he says that we should be discriminating against groups now Uh, the only solution for past discrimination is present discrimination the only solution Mm. for present discrimination is future discrimination you have someone who's literally advocating for discrimination against groups yeah but i'm sure he says for x amount of time or until this happens right surely he'll tell you when it's all Mm -hmm. evened out and everything should go back to normal okay but that being said there's never an argument for discrimination under martin luther king's version of racism never in fact we've all brought our kids up to understand racism in a way where this idea of being colorblind which is now just mocked by the left the idea of being colorblind is a crazy idea uh, on the left, but not necessarily focusing on race in your everyday um, uh, job, in your everyday life, in your inter- inter- everyday interactions, because race isn't important. That is what we all grew up trying to understand and execute. And, and now that we've started to do that successfully, the racial uh, attack no longer exists. So they've changed what racism is. To say now what it means is if you're not discriminating against white people or rich people or men or whatever group is the oppressor in this structure, then you're a bad person and you are essentially a racist. So that that separation, because these companies go to the uh, the uh, the white fragile, the Rob, you know, Robin D'Angelo, right? White fragility. And she comes in, she takes her fifty thousand dollars speaking fee and teaches the company that this is what racism is. And so they adopt these things because in reality, it's a dumb company and they don't actually care about any of this. They want to act as if they are uh, doing the right thing and they can check these boxes. And then they go down these roads because I will say a lot of people, some people do not do know, do know the difference, but a lot of people don't. 
you know, to the point of like when, um, uh, you know, you have a situation like my wife on Instagram, she's at uh, Lisa Page made me do it. And she was kind of just doing a little video where she, the anti-racist baby book was there. And she covered it up with another book because she was just making the point that Ibram Kendi should not be teaching your babies at, and you should not be able to buy that book at Target probably. Um, considering buying conservative books at Target is not an easy task. And uh, when she did that, the reaction by the people who were attacking her was largely, hey, um, I can't believe this white woman do doesn't even... Imagine being so offended that, you're, um, uh, that your kid might not be a racist that you have to hide a book. Because uh, they, they, they don't even understand the difference between this left-wing nutjob ideology, all of this wokeness times 10 crap that everyone has to deal with now, is now being promoted as just the opposite of racism. Which it is not. It actually is racism. Racism is built into the book, written into the book. Discrimination is in the book by race. And now these companies are advocating racism. And Glenn, to, to take it to another step here, this is why the California Constitution mm -hmm. has things like, well, we used to say we, we're not going to discriminate based on race and creed and sex and, and gender and all those things. Now they took that out because to execute this philosophy, they have to discriminate on race. So they took it out of the Constitution. So tell me, do you think that it's coca-cola saying we're stupid we don't know what this is or we don't want the backlash from the left yes and yes and there's more uh-huh <laughs> um because when you're over in davos and you are looking to uh put together a corporate coalition for workplace racial justice and they're explaining to you at the World Economic Forum this this new world order that is coming, this new great reset where corporations are going to be partnered with this global entity and your your governments. Wouldn't it make sense to you if I said, yeah, we're only doing that because if we don't we will probably only be able to sell Coca-Cola in America, maybe for a limited time. But then if we don't jump on this bandwagon, we're going to start losing all of these companies or all these countries because they're part of the Great Reset. And if we're not part of the Great Reset, we won't be able to do mm. business. We mm -hmm. won't be able to get banking. We won't be able to sell our product around the world. So the choice is, yeah, we take a hit in America for a while because people are upset about it. But we win in the long run because and those other markets are so much more po uh, powerful now. Yep. And just just as Coca-Cola knows the first time around being on the boat and the first on the boat is so much more profitable than being second or third or fifth on the boat. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you may not survive if you're third in the boat. More on this and the uh, Great Reset as we uh, continue this year. It is really a, a big theme uh, on this program that everybody needs to understand. And it is not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy, but it's a fact, and it's out in the open. All right. LifeLock. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Relief Factor. Jane is 71. 
She lives with her husband in California. Jane, my condolences. You live in California. Uh, God bless you. Anyway, she likes to spend her time playing tennis. Over the time, aches and pains, particularly in her knees and arms, started catching up with her. She was pre- it was discouraging to think that she might have to stop playing tennis. That's, I mean, that's one reason why you might want to live in California. You can be outside all the time. Then she heard me talking about relief factor, and she decided she'd give it a try. Well, what happened next is something that she calls a miracle. Within just a few weeks, all of her pain melted away. She now takes relief factor all the time. Her husband is now taking it to combat his aches and pains as well. Jane got her life back with relief factor, and so could you. I have. Try Relief Factor now. Three-week quick start trial pack is $19.95. If it's not working for you in three weeks, <clears throat> it most likely won't work. But all at all the people who try it, 70% go on to order more month after month. Just like Jane, just like me. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. You know, what's really uh, interesting is uh, Stu is right about the build back better. I mean, it just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I saw that as Joe Biden's campaign slogan, I thought, why didn't I think of that? Build back better. You know, it's, it's just something that everybody says already. Yeah. So mm, build back better. Build back better. Yeah, I mean, it's it just so it's bad. <laughs> well, uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like it was translated out of another language. Oh, yeah, it does yeah, it, sound it, it like does. that. And that's exactly what it was. And here are the world leaders and their Build Back Better montage. It's a very pertinent question to ask, how do we build back better? Tony Blair. To build back better or whatever. We have a chance to reset the clock and build back better than before. To build back better than before. Mm. Remember the the terrible damage of COVID as we try to build back from this uh, global pandemic. Joe Biden calls it Build Back Better. Build back better. Building back better. To do things differently. To build back better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. It's my plan to build back better. Uh, start taking all the problems that have been created in right. education and mental health and start to, to build back in a positive way. I have launched a booklet called Build Back Better. Written after coronavirus. It's about building this country back better. Growing conspiracy following it. It is called the Great Reset. An unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live. The great opportunity for reset. The theory even calls Mr. Biden's campaign slogan, Build Back Better, a front for the conspiracy. Build back better. Building back better our economy. Build back better. Better. You know, I, I love this, uh, and it's it's super, super wonderful. Um, and at Davos yesterday, um, this is what one of the global leaders um, uh, said. In fact, a guy worth $8 billion himself. Here's what he said about capitalism. Capitalism, as we know it, is dead. This obsession that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. So capitalism Mm. 
is dead and we're going to build back better more on this on tomorrow's episode thank you so much for listening don't forget the podcast and join us at blaze tv.com slash glenn save 30 percent this is the glenn back program